Well, like Chip mentioned, we are in week two of our sermon series called Made for Monday. And it was good to see from the back of the room a little bit. Sometimes I, ha I have a hard time seeing everybody. There, there are actually more hands than I expected that raised their hand that said that they like Mondays. I, I don't believe you. I, I, you know, but, but it's okay. No perfect people allowed. No, I'm, ju I'm just kidding. No, I think, I think it's great. There are more, a couple more hands than, than uh, you know, about five uh, people. And so I think that's great. And here's the thing. As we go through the sermon series, more so than, uh, than anything, I, I, not only do I want you to be encouraged in your work, especially if you're having a rough go of it, you know, especially if things aren't that great in what you do right now, whatever your job is, whatever that looks like for you. I want you to be encouraged, but even more so, I want us as a church family, I want us as Christ followers to be inspired by how God designed work to be a part of what it means to be human. So we're, we're created in the image of God. We're called to emulate his character, his nature. And within that, within that creativity, within, within that world built, built, building vision and view of who God is, he calls us to work and partner with him in that and be a part of building and working in creation. And so hopefully that's, that's inspiring to us because, especially because, we're going to spend about a third of our lives working. I, I don't know if you knew that. About a third, when we spend about a third of our lives sleeping, you know, so that leaves just a little bit of time, you know, moments in there for, for other things. But one of the, one of the things we're going to do the most in our lives is work. Now, I didn't hear like an audible, <laughs> you know, happen when I said that. And maybe you already knew that. But that's something that we ought to be pretty intentional about if we're going to spend that much time doing it in your life. And I don't know how far removed you might feel you are from the job you dreamed of doing as a kid. I mean, to be honest, at this point, I was trying to think. As, as I was writing this message, what did I dream to be when I grew up as a kid? And I can't remember, maybe it was a police officer or something like that, but I, I, I don't even remember that at, that at this point in my life, which I don't, is that sad? I'm not sure, I haven't decided. I'll think about that more this week. But maybe you remember as a kid what you dreamed to be, and maybe you're not doing that at all at this point in your life. Maybe you're in your sweet spot. Maybe you're doing exactly what you feel you need to be, but maybe you just haven't ever thought about your work in this type of perspective, that God created us for this. He wants us to partner with him in creation. And, and this is, a, this is a, a huge encouragement to us, especially for those of us who might be dreading our Monday mornings instead of dreaming of them. There's a better way forward. There's a philosopher who once said this, nobody should have to go to work thinking, oh, this is the place that I might die today. That's what a hospital is for. An office is for not dying. An office is a place to live life to the fullest, to the max, to an office is a place where dreams come true. Thank you, Michael Scott from The Office. All right, maybe some skeptics in there. I, I don't know, kind of either some of you haven't seen The Office and shame on you. Uh, or maybe you're a little skeptical of that, and I get it. When I'm coming into the office or going anywhere else to work, that's not usually my inner pep talk. Ah, this is where dreams come true. I'm coming in to the office, whatever your workplace looks like. But our workplace isn't just a necessary evil in our lives. It's a part of who God has created us to be. Like I said last, like we said last week, all of us have jobs, whether it's school, whether it's part-time, whether it's full-time, whether you're retired, whether you get paid for it or not, all of us have job, jobs. All all of us are involved in work, and every one of those sets of responsibilities and the work that we put into them can be toward the type of life that God calls us into and has always wanted to share with us, to work in and take care of creation along with him. And when we approach our work in this way, Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 bears this out. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him. And maybe, uh, maybe at times you have a hard time conceptually connecting the dots between how your work can be worship. And we talked about this, this last week, how this is an expression of our praise and honor and glory to God when we think about our work in this way. But if we rest our actions on this principle from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, how we do our job, how we interact with our boss, with our peers, with our customers, uh, whoever it may be, what we do for our living can be praise and honor for the one who makes life worth living. So with the right heart and the right mind behind our work, it's part of our worship. And, and just, to be, just to be clear, if we're not worshiping God with our work, we're worshiping something or someone else in it. But not only that, not only is work our, our worship to God, but work is also our ministry. You might think, hey, hold on, buddy, that's your job. I didn't sign up for that. I'm not that religious. Have you seen the type of people that go into ministry? Yeah. Yes, yes, I have. You, you guys aren't, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I might take that a little personally. I, I, don't, I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, and hopefully this doesn't come as a shock, if you're a disciple of Jesus, we're all in that same ministry boat together. And where a culture might put a lot more weightiness on titles to define what our jobs are, God places much more emphasis on the character with which we approach our role as human beings who are created in his image. This past week, I got the opportunity to attend a conference uh, called Spire, and it's put on by our restoration movement background, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, sister churches uh, that are across, across the globe. Um, and what I found really interesting about this conference is there, there were a lot of people there, don't, don't get me wrong, I uh, got to go to Nashville for the first time, and so that, that was really cool. Um, but it was a much more intimate setting in which you got to see and kind of rub shoulders with people that for me, it, it, names that you might not really recognize, but for me, that, that I look up to that are big time, uh, almost heroes of the faith. I, I, I don't use that word very lightly either, but people that I greatly admire and respect in the church world. So preachers that are preachers of uh, huge churches uh, that have written books, you know, those kinds of things. They're conference speakers and you actually get to hang out and spend time with them. One, one of those people, his name is Mark Moore. And some of you might recognize that name because I've quoted him uh, in sermons. Uh, he wrote Core 52, which we uh, use as a church, and I would continue to encourage you, if you've never heard of that, go to Amazon.com right now and look for that book. I'm not sure if we have any copies uh, left here at the building, but make sure you pick that up. It's a great way to raise your Bible IQ. So it's 52 weeks of going through uh, scripture and learning about what God is communicating through his words. So it's a great way to help your personal Bible study. Um, and so I really encourage you to do that. He wrote the textbooks that we used in my gospels class in college. And so I, I've looked up to him. He, he was a professor. Now he's a teaching pastor at, a, at um, one of the largest churches in, in the United States um, at this point. And I actually got to meet him and hang out with him at this conference. So I got to spend about 15 minutes with him with some other friends and we were talking with him and sharing with him. And uh, one of the things that's really cool about that is, uh, is how down to earth, how willing he was to share with us, how curious he was uh, about what we had to say. It was just a really cool experience. And, and it's really neat when you get to meet people like that and their, their walk matches their talk. A few, uh, a few years ago, he preached a sermon that, um, that I got to hear, 
and he was talking about work, and he was sharing about how this staff at this huge church, you know, with hundreds of, hundreds of employees, how they have this value that they hold to, and that is, we pick up trash. That's it. Like, that's one, of, that's one of their core values. And maybe when we talk about things like work being our worship and that work is our ministry, sometimes we don't think of things like, oh, picking up a mint wrapper that's left on the floor and throwing it away. Like, that's a part of our worship and our ministry. Maybe that's not really on our radar. It seems a little too menial. And, and, and that's somebody else's job, surely. Or actually, let's talk for a second about the person who dropped that trash and left it there for me to pick up, right? I mean, you know, we could go, we could go on, but that's not the point. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what title we have or even what role we think we fulfill. There are simple everyday character developments and actions that we can take that will cause our work to far exceed the bottom line and make a real difference in the lives of other people because of the character and nature of God that we enter into with the way that we approach our work. And so what was really cool for me about this interaction is that this person that I look up to his character, how he goes about, you know, what he says and what he teaches, he lives out and he emulates actually in his real life. His walk and his talk go together. And we, when we worship God through the ministry of our work, by walking and talking as disciples of Jesus, what we do and what we recognize and what we live out is that what happens in our Monday has the opportunity to change the Sundays of the lives of those who are around us. And especially in a place where we spend a third of our lives being. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul continues to write practical instructions. It's a great chapter. If you've never read it, spend some time in it this week. Paul continues to write practical instructions on what it means to live our lives as followers of Jesus and whatever role we might find ourselves in. And in verse 23 and 24, just down from verse 17, he says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So with that verse in mind, and we'll read it again here in a second after I ask these two questions. Who is your boss? Take a deep breath if you need to in this moment as you think about who that is. Who is your supervisor? Some of you are your own boss. Some of you love your bosses. Others, you can't stand your boss and you are your own boss. You know, it can, it can all kinds of scenarios. Some have way too many people bossing them around. And let me ask you this, how are you incentivized in your work? Some of you work in very competitive fields where you have a great salary, you get retirement, you get health care, um, all of those kinds of things. Continuing education, others are happy to receive a paycheck. Some of you don't get paid at all for the job that God has called you to do right now in your life. Now I want to reread Colossians chapter 3 in the light of this text, in the light of who Jesus is, and in light of who we are as disciples of Jesus. Let's answer those questions. Who is our boss and how are we incentivized in our work? Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, is the Lord Christ you are serving? Whatever you do, we're not working for anybody else other than Jesus. He's our boss. And whatever we do, whatever compensation we receive, the reward that we're looking for comes from Jesus. That's the incentive, the internal incentive that we even get to experience here in this life right now. That's the one that we're working toward. 
And before you wonder how this could possibly be true in whatever work or industry that you, a role that you're playing right now, keep in mind that Paul says this as part of his instructions on how Christians who find themselves in bond service, who've been, who have sold themselves maybe to, uh, to help to erase a debt for a certain amount of, of time, or uh, someone who has been enslaved, how Christians that find themselves in those scenarios should operate. So how could you possibly think about this in terms of, oh, I'm doing this for God, and I'm looking forward towards his reward? I mean, that's the scenario. That's the context in which Paul speaks these two verses, but the principles remain true for all of us. And keep in mind, he's not saying that that's the role you should find yourself in and not seek change from that role, only in the perspective of which we should approach our work. Paul also helps Christians see how that, those scenarios shouldn't be the case and how we should help people out of them. When you and I think of our church and consider, for example, who our ministers are, I don't want us to think of me. I don't want us to think of our staff. I want us to think of us, of our congregation. I want us to see, all, all of us to see where our ministry roles exist in our lives, not only in serving in the church, but within your own work environment. You are the one that God calls to minister in your workplace. And that's how our work becomes our ministry. Take the mission of our church, which is helping people find Jesus and love God. It comes from the greatest commandment, and it comes from the great commission. From Matthew chapter 22, where Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments and the great commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's where our mission comes from, helping people find Jesus and love God. That's where every church's mission comes from. It comes from those two passages and those two teachings of Jesus. But here's the thing. That mission is not limited to this building. And that mission is not limited to Sunday mornings, and that mission is not limited to church programs, and that mission is not limited to small groups, and that mission is not limited to us serving within the church or with our community partners or with Reap Granada, you know, in in another country. That mission exists everywhere we go because it's not just our individual church's mission. It is the bride of Christ's mission that Jesus gives to all of us who follow him, and that mission exists everywhere we go, and a third of the place, places that we go is our work, and our mission exists there in our work. Our church is missionary work, and I love that we have relationships with other ministry partners. I love that we partner with Scott and Jen Esposito and Reap Granada and, and, uh, Granada in Nicaragua and, and get to see all the amazing things that they do in, in their missionary work, but our church's missionary work is through all of us. And it's through all of our life context. And a huge major portion of that happens in each of our work. It's living out our faith in our work on mission in our missionary field. The people we work with are the people that we're called to minister to. And working as though for the Lord moves us from being just job focused, like getting the thing done, hopefully you know, having a good report at the end of the month, or make sure the bottom line is taken care of, it moves us from that to being ministry focused. How can I live out my faith 
the way God has called me to in this life? How can I partner with God in his creation and what it means to be human, what it means to partner with him and work? That is our ministry. We're not called to love people just intellectually. And we're not called to meet, love people just through systems that are put into place, but tangibly and directed toward him. And so let me give us some ideas that maybe will spark some, some thoughts in, in your life and your thought and your workplace. If you're thinking, I, I'm just not sure how to practically put this into practice. Let me give you some ideas uh, and maybe some ways in which the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to minister in your workplace. Here's the first thing. Be bold about your faith. Please don't understand this. Please don't misunderstand this. I do want you to understand it. I don't want you to misunderstand it. Please don't misunderstand this. When I say this, I'm not talking about going up to your coworkers and telling them they're going to hell. I, I just, I, sometimes it just needs to be said, and maybe you just need to share that with another Christian who's at your workplace. Or I'm not talking about this, this would be a great time to say, hey, this year seems like a great year for the apocalypse, so it's about time you repented, right? And if you do say these things, just don't tell them you come here. If that's, if that's okay. If we can just, we can just, no perfect people loud, no perfect, I'm, I'm just saying just don't lead with that, all right? Instead, here's what I mean by this. Make it a point for your character to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ whom we are serving as our boss, as our master. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Can you imagine the work environment and relationships with your coworkers that you would have if everyone put this into practice? It would be incredible. And, and incredible, almost like in the exact definition of the word, we're almost unbelievable, but surely that couldn't, couldn't happen because of how difficult that might be. But we can lead the way in that. And that would completely change our interactions with our boss, with our peers, with our customers. And I'm not saying none of us do that. I'm just saying being on mission and leading forward in boldness with our faith in this way, that has the power and the impact to change everything. Boldness in our faith is, is living out our Christ-likeness, even if it doesn't help us get ahead in the moment, even if we have to swallow a bit of pride, even if we are working or serving someone who doesn't deserve it. It's about not getting sucked into the gossip or the tearing down of others, not participating in cutting corners, but instead participating and putting into practice who God has called us to be. The second is this. So be bold about our faith. The second is this. Be about the Father's business. When Jesus gave his mom and his stepfather a heart attack when he was young, um, this is what he responded with to them. When they had to travel back to Jerusalem, if you don't know the story, Jesus had hung back. They didn't know that he wasn't traveling with the family. They come back. They're like, all right, Jesus, what, what are you thinking? You weren't with us. And he said, hey, I'm in the temple here. I'm learning. I'm asking questions. I'm responding to things. Don't you know I'm supposed to be about my Father's business. Everything else is a side benefit or perhaps sideways energy. I want the best of success for all of us. I want the best of success for me and for you and all of our respective fields. But more than job titles and responsibilities and more than success in the way that the world measures success, I want us to have the reputation for being about the father's business. And so part of that is thinking intentionally about what kind of reputation we have around our workplace. And I'm not talking about controlling other people's perception about ourselves. We can't control that and what other people think, but we can control what we do 
and how we respond, how we react, and the practical parts of living out our faith, how we put those into practice when we are in the workplace. So I would love for all of us to be known as the prayer at our workplace, or the Bible study-er at our workplace, or the care-er, or the wisdom-er. These are all real words, I promise. The emotionally stable-er person in the workplace. The ethical-er person in the workplace. The lead-by-example-er, the server, even the trash-picker-upper-er. All of these and more this is not an exhaustive list at all. There are plenty of other errs. Are not only things that we should be doing as ministers in our workplace, but inviting others to, to do alongside of us. And that is a part of how we can minister to others. And, and the, uh, the, the last one is this. Be the one that others can turn to in your workplace. It's something that all of us can do. Some of the most important life-changing moments that we experience in life happen when we're at work. And I don't mean physically at work, but in, in work where we have relationships, where we're spending that third, you know, third of our lives with other people. Those moments are marriages, having kids, divorces, losing our jobs, celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, having a death, somebody experiencing a family crisis, whatever it may be, uh, highs and lows, and all of these moments moments, people need faithful, reliable people to be there for them in their time of celebration and their time of need. And we, we can be those people. In fact, I would say that we are called to be those people. Who better than us? Because we know the one who creates joy and the reason for celebration. We know the one who has the answers in our deepest time of need. And the one thing that can change our work experience and work environment is when we heed our call to minister to others and we pray for them and we care for them and we start conversations with them and we study scripture with them and build a relationship with them because we genuinely care about them as a fellow human being, not because of how they might service the bottom line, but because they've been made in God's image. And we can let them know through our actions, through our example, and then our words, that there's a work with God that we're all invited into for an eternity of Mondays that we will never dread when we are with him and he is seated on the throne. So I just want to encourage you to be about the Father's business in your work, as we are all called to be. Take one of those things and put them into practice intentionally this week. Just pick, just pick one and build it into a habit and see how the Holy Spirit uses it to not, to, to not only just minister to you, because it will, and it will change how you view your work, but also to the people around you. But life change that can bring will be a dream come true to countless people whom we help to find Jesus and love God. And this is how God has called us to view our work, is the ministry that he does in us and through us as we minister to others. Let's pray. God, this is, a, this is a very different view and conception of work than um, just slogging through the week, trying to make it to the weekend. And God, maybe, maybe we've spent years um, thinking, uh, thinking about work in a different way, or, or, or maybe just the culture of our workplace uh, makes it very difficult for us to uh, conceive of our work as ministry and that it's an active part of um, how you work in the world. And God, we ask that you uh, help us to see our work in a different way if we need to. Help us to see how we can put these things into practice within our work, how we can, how we can build, uh, build these habits uh, in in a practical way that 
um, isn't just uh, serving us, but it's serving those around us. God, we thank you for the opportunity for, um, for our work, the things that we uh, spend so much time doing to um, be a benefit far beyond um, our bank account or our retirement or our health care plan, but uh, something, that, uh, something that affects things for all eternity. God, we praise you for this. We thank you for the work of your son, Jesus, and how it brings us to this place for us to be able to partner with you in your work in the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.